I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's time for the Jack Riccardi Show. Hey, Christian, good afternoon. Welcome back. We missed you yesterday. I had stuff going on. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, you know, there's more to life than radio. <laughs> Says who? I realized that recently. <laughs> but uh, we are going to get you, we're going to hit you up in an hour for your uh, picks in the conference playoff uh, games on Sunday. So Sounds good. I'll we be waited ready. for I just wanted you to know we waited for you. We didn't. You're gonna make do it me, without you. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I am? No. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, well, if I do, you'll be in a distinguished list of people that I've made cry. So, oh. anyway. All right. Looking well, forward to it. Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to our dreadful little show. It's a beautiful day. Certainly not a dreadful day, but welcome to our dreadful little show. Um, and feel free to join the show at 210-599-5555. I don't know if you knew this or not. But this is School Choice Week. It's National School Choice Week. And I was reading about this today. We've been having School Choice Week for about the last 10 years. And um, according to some numbers, I found these interesting. I don't know if you will or not. Uh, But I I, I thought these were kind of um, interesting. There's there's an outfit uh, called the National School Choice Awareness Foundation. And it says that 16% of all parents chose new schools for their children within the last year. 12% are currently considering new schools for their children. And 26%, uh, I'm sorry, let me read it, read it again. 16% chose new schools, 11% considered new schools, and 26% are currently considering new schools. So more than half of all parents uh, considered or are considering changing where their kid goes to school. And the governor has said he will sign uh, any of the, I think there's three, school choice bills that are going to be in the legislature or are now in the legislature. I have to remember, we're already in January now, so legislature's in session. Uh, is it going to happen? Are we going to have school choice? Are we going to have, in other words, a law that would allow you to take the funding attached to your kid in the school that is determined by your address and zip code and just move the funding with the student so that you don't have to have extra income or make financial sacrifices to go to to have your kid go to a private pay school um and obviously there's a lot a lot of people love that it seems like most of the people i talk to favor that the politicians say we can't do that, and they have a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons they give is accountability. They say that if you aren't careful, you will have kids going to schools that are shams or scams or don't uh, have accreditation or aren't accountable in terms of what they teach or background checks of the uh, staff and faculty. Um, so they say you need us for accountability because public schools are accountable, to which you and I respond, really? It seems like the headlines are full of stories in which schools did not acquit themselves with accountability. I don't need to remind you the most obvious and painful one of those is just down the highway from us. 
Moreover, in the last couple of years, parents now know a lot more about what is being taught and the way it's being taught because of distance learning. For many parents, that was the, the, the deepest dive into their kids' schooling and curriculum they've ever had. And I'm not going to speak for everyone, but a lot of people didn't like what they saw in terms of the material. So we're going to talk about school choice. And then segueing into this, um, next month will be Black History Month. February is Black History Month. And I was reading this Twitter string this morning uh, by a woman named Sunny Johnson, who I believe we've had on the show before, but I like her, I follow her. She does a satellite radio show, she does a podcast, she's a commentator, she's been on with different people on Fox. Sunny Johnson asked the question, why isn't black history taught as American history? And she's very angry as this thing goes on and people are responding to her. She got a ton of responses. She really believes that we are teaching a lily white American history. She's an African American woman. She says, we're teaching lily white American history. Why isn't black history being taught as American history? So I'm reading all these comments and I started thinking about it. I'm not an, I'm not a teacher and I'm not a historian and I'm not black. But I do remember when I was in school, Black History Month was was a new thing. I think Black History Month started in the 70s, and I was in elementary school in the 70s. Uh, there had been something called Negro History Week that goes back like to the 1920s or 30s, but eventually it became a month. I think that was in the 70s. Anyway, um, the premise for these breakouts, these recognitions, was that for whatever reasons, innocent or not, prominent or significant black Americans were not getting their due in the teaching of history. The role they played in major events or the actions they took or or parts of our history that were intrinsic to their experience like the Civil War, slavery, uh, Reconstruction, Jim Crow laws, the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, we weren't we weren't teaching enough, or we weren't teaching these enough, or or right. So we're going to have this month, and we're going to have this acknowledgement, and we're going to break it out. And when I was a kid in school, this was this was all the rage. It was a very big deal. I don't know how it was when you went to school, but it was a very big deal. And now people are questioning whether it is still helpful or whether it hurts rather than it helps. And and let me give you the reason for that. If the idea is that you should know the entire history of our country, you should know the whole story, you should learn all the important, significant pieces and parts and actors and players, um, but then you break out into a separate unit, African Americans, or experiences, aren't you saying they're not part of it? Aren't you saying they're lesser? Isn't the point that they belong in the, in the telling of the story? So are you highlighting them, or are you breaking them out 
of the telling of the history. And I think you could argue that you are, you are breaking it out and making it seem separate and making it seem like it's not part of the bigger story or it doesn't belong in the bigger bucket. Now, I, that's just me. You can tell me what you think. You can, if that makes you mad and you want to push back on that, by all means. But I, I don't think we're help. I think we're hurting rather than helping in doing this. So I get why they started it. I get why it seemed like a good idea, but now I don't think it's, it's working. And you give people permission to see it separately because it's its own month. How is that a good thing? How is it a good idea to split it off? Even if you understand why they did it originally. So tell me what you think about that. 210-599-5555. It's important to know history. This is is my beef, okay? If I was going to raise an objection, it wouldn't be about Black History Month. My my biggest concern is that we we don't know our history. You know, you look at whether it's the January 6th rioters or whether it's man on the street interviews or whether it's the way people vote or what, you know, it, it is, it is sickening how illiterate so many are about our history. We don't know our own story. And if you don't know American history, then you are easy pickings. For politicians and charlatans and snake oil salesmen and conspiracy theorists and, you know, what have you. We live in a world where you need all the protection you can get from disinformation and propaganda and lies and conspiracy theories. And the way you get that is you arm yourself with the facts. You know the history. If you know the history, you know, for example, when you want to protest something, where to protest it. Oh, this isn't for the Supreme Court. This is for Congress. Or this isn't a federal issue. This is a state issue. Or this is a local issue. And why is this now a federal issue when it's supposed to be a local issue? So you know that if you know history. But if you don't know history, you're led by the nose. They might as well put a ring in your nose and just pull you along. And you see that, right? And you hear people saying things that are demonstrably crazy. We need to teach history. 210-599-5555. And then I saw today that the body camera footage from the attack on Paul Pelosi is going to be released per court order. And the background on this is that a number of news organizations have been uh, fighting in the courts with the city of San Francisco and the police department. And, I mean, we're talking about not only San Francisco media, like papers and television out there, but national, uh, like Fox News and CNN and the New York Times and NBC News and others. They've been fighting to get the the, the wearable camera footage released. And the judge has granted the motion to do that as of last night. What do you expect we will see? Now, I'm I'm curious about what happened. I'm very skeptical of the version we've been given. 
I'm very skeptical of the fact that when Miguel Amaguer from NBC News did a story that seemed to be based on the police reports that are in the public domain, he was uh, effectively uh, Amelia Earharted from his own network. We still don't know exactly what he did wrong to get him yanked off the air and get his content uh, airbrushed off their uh, website, NBC News. But anyway, I'm very curious about what might have really happened. I'm very curious about the political expediencies that were taken with that story by the Democrats. But you know what? How am I supposed to believe that we're going to actually see real, raw body cam footage? It's the city of San Francisco, which Nancy Pelosi carries around in her purse. Owns it lock, stock, and barrel. The entire political machinery is under her control. It's, it, the, the, the Pelosi political tree is what grows all the branches of power out there. That's where Gavin Newsom came from. That's where London Breed, the mayor, came from. That's where every every prominent elected Democrat comes off the Pelosi tree. So you know, are we really going to learn anything? Are we really going to see anything that would be contradictory or surprising or... We heard that Nancy Pelosi, this is a rumor, I don't know if it's true, had an exorcism performed on the House. I don't know if I believe that, but I I can certainly believe that she's had an exorcism performed on that video, right? Uh, Do you think uh, Black History Month should be taught as a separate unit, or should it just be American history every month? Uh, 210-599-5555. So... It, it it is it is easy for me to imagine that when this whole thing started, um, people felt legitimately like they were getting shortchanged. But now I think we've reached a point where having it as a as a month, having it as a unit, I think it works against us. And um, we are allowing people who do not have our best interests or our children's best interests um, as, as their primary focus to direct education in this country. And I don't just mean about this. I mean, think about all the topics, all the news stories lately that touch on education. It's always a political agenda. It's always someone else's agenda. The last thing anybody gives a damn about or whether the kids learn anything. We're designing schools to please politicians and to please their basis. We're not interested. We're not even pretending to be interested in what parents want for their children. Shouldn't the idea be that the parents and the children are the consumers, the customers? And everybody else should have to wait behind them. But it's not. that's not the case. Our public education system is designed to please it's designed to please politicians and political interests it's designed to make them feel good and it's designed to give them a population of people they can manipulate and mold i don't mind you know i i don't mind if i lose the debate over something I mind when we can't even have the debate because people don't have a basis or a baseline 
of American history or civics. I, I mind that. What do you think? 210-599-5555. Our poll question, should Black History Month be taught as a separate unit or as American history? I know we heard from some teachers yesterday. We were talking about uh, education, so we may hear from some today as well. I I um, I also want to ask you about the, the body cam, the Paul Pelosi body cam footage. There's a lot of speculation about what will be on there. Um, Washington Examiner says the police body camera footage of the attack on Paul Pelosi will be released to the public per an order from a San Francisco judge. The order came after a sustained effort from a coalition of news organizations. The attack happened October 28th. Uh, they're going to edit it. They're going to um, say they had to for dignity, privacy, what have you. I just get the feeling we're not going to see anything that tells us anything. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll be glad to admit if I am. Uh, but they've already got a narrative going. They can't just drop a video that contradicts the narrative, right? It's the same thing when I hear people say, release the... January 6th footage, I know why you're saying that. I know why people want this footage. But you realize you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to see what you think you're going to see. It'd be pretty crazy if they said, oh, here's some video that totally contradicts what we've been telling you these last several months. And um, so we're talking about that. We're talking about school choice, 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. And you know what else I want to talk about is um, we're not going to talk about all politics today, but this kind of interests me. I'm watching the speaker, Kevin McCarthy. I'm not jumping to conclusions, but it's like something has happened to him. You know what I'm talking about? Remember the, the week of, of drama and humiliation and the, the holdouts or the rogue Republicans, whatever they were called at the time. And he had to wait all week into the weekend and then he got what he wanted and they made a deal with him and he gave them this and he gave them that. He gave them a lot. And Chip Roy came on our show and said, look, we got the things that were important to us. This was never about him as a person or personally. And I wondered after that, you know, sometimes when you get something from someone, but you humiliate them in the getting of it, you rue that. It's called a Pyrrhic victory or a hollow victory, right? Because you you got the things you were trying to get, but now they don't taste so good because of the bitterness that lingers. This Kevin McCarthy, at least for now, Seems like the guy that got the memo, doesn't he? I'll play you some of what he's saying, but I mean, I'm watching him. I'm watching him very closely, and you know I'm not a fan. He is on fire right now. It's like he gets it. I'm I'm skeptical. I'm wondering what might have happened. I wonder how long this will last, but so far, so good. Jed Babbitt is joining the show, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense in the Bush 41 administration and um, contributing editor at American Spectator. And, Jed, welcome back. Good afternoon. Well, thanks. Good afternoon to you. Not long ago, um, President Biden uh, said that if we sent tanks to 
Ukraine, it would start World War III. Yesterday, he said we're going to send tanks to Ukraine, as are our allies apparently going to send some of theirs. So what, what changed? Well, I think what changed is the fact that the Ukrainians are not winning. You know, they're winning by not losing, but that's not enough. I mean, their country has been ravaged by the Russians, and, you know, there's just no end in sight to this war. Uh, we're looking for some sort of a game changer, and the tanks are not entirely going to be a game changer, but, you know, certainly they're going to help a lot. And uh, if they can get there in time, which I doubt, uh, they'll be fairly effective against the Russian onslaught that's coming in the spring. Um, is this a uh, sort of arms race that we're doing with Putin, and will it have the effect on Putin that the Reagan arms buildup in the 80s had in terms of sort of pushing the, uh, the crumbling or rotting Soviet empire into the dustbin of history? Well, I don't think it will. Uh, yeah, it's sort of an arms race. Uh, the Russians have been putting everything short of nuclear weapons into Ukraine, uh, and they have not been winning. Uh, we've been putting in an awful lot of, you know, rocket artillery and things of that nature. Uh, tank killers, the javelin weapon has been proven uh, extremely effective in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it is kind of an arms race there. Uh, but there's no, again, there's no end in sight. I just don't see any end to this war while Putin is still alive. I mean, the other thing that, that I wonder about, and, and, and I, you know, we got to say this for the record, I'm not, I'm not rooting against the Ukrainians, and I'm not rooting sure. for Putin. We all, we all would love to see Putin get his, you know, get his comeuppance. But um, am I wrong in thinking that it usually doesn't work out for the United States to send a bunch of stuff into a conflict it doesn't want to enter. In other words, oh, we'll just get them to do it with our equipment. I mean, it seems like in, in, in throughout our history, we wind up either having to get more involved or we wind up losing that investment. Well, I think that's generally true. I mean, the exception, of course, is Israel. Uh, they've been fighting for decades with our weapons and doing mighty well in 1967, mm -hmm. 1972, and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that is really the exception, but the Israelis are a unique case. Uh, yeah, I think we are in a pattern of losing what we invest in many of these countries. But on the other hand, I mean, there's a chance we could see Russia defeated. Uh, there is a good reason for us to be sending equipment and materiel to the Ukraine. Uh, I have no problem with doing it. Uh, the problem I have, though, is we're apparently denuding our own supplies to do it. Uh, I was on the phone with a friend of mine who is a uh, CEO of a mid-sized aerospace company yesterday, and he was telling me things like, well, we have drawn down about 18 months' worth of supplies uh, in terms of the Stinger missiles and so forth, uh, and the Chinese know that. So, you know, if we end up, and this is not what he told me, but the conclusion I reach, uh, you know, if the Chinese start to attack Taiwan, we're going to run out of ammunition uh, in pretty short order. And that comes down to the Biden administration not replenishing our stocks. And that also is not entirely their fault, although I'd love to blame them for it. It's not entirely their fault because supply chains are, are really extended. Uh, my friend told me it's, you know, 14, 16 months to order parts for aerospace equipment. Uh, and things like that are certainly going to interfere with our ability to resupply ourselves. So we need to get better at doing that and, Again, we need to keep sending the Ukrainians the things they need to try to win this war, or at least 
uh, bring mm-hmm. Russians to a stalemate, which you know is, is not they haven't reached that yet. Let me be very cynical for a minute and feel Please free to do. push back. Okay. I, th- I knew I could be cynical with you. I, if I can be cynical <laughs> with anybody, I can be cynical with you. Um, Military-industrial complex, this just sounds like, uh, hey, uh, if we're sending it all to Ukraine, that means we've got to buy more of it, build more of it, procure more of it. Uh, the Congress critters love that. Every one of them has some kind of provider in their district. How do I know we're not just doing that? Well, I think the real policy issue is the nub of the question. You know, we have a good reason to supply the Ukrainians with arms and with funding in addition uh, so they can beat back the Russians. They're bleeding the Russians dry. Uh, They're really doing a very effective job. And, you know, it's up to us to, you know, if we have to, and we do, we have to replenish our supplies. So, yeah, the military-industrial complex is going to make a lot of money on it but perhaps not as much as they think they should. Uh, and, it's again, it's a question of our ability and our, well, really our policy decision, our duty, if you will, uh, to supply people who are fighting for their own freedom. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that, and I agree with that. Uh, we're talking with Jed Babbitt on KTSA. When I was a kid, I was really interested in the whole deal with uh, Poland and solidarity, and Reagan comes sure. into office, and he's... He's making all these moves in in recognition with and solidarity with Poland. But everybody knows it's not really about Poland. It's about the Soviet Union. Of course. And and and, and so it, it, it even if you were not a Reagan voter, even if you were a Democrat or what have you, you understood, well, anything that's bad for the Soviets is good for us. But in this case... Are our leaders making this too Ukraine-focused, and are they not leveling with the American people that this is really about Russia? Well, I think you're right on both counts. I mean, let me be cynical, too. Uh, The Biden administration does not want to recognize uh, that this is a proxy war that we have to win, uh, and they don't want to really go on and, and try to defend freedom for freedom's sake. They haven't said that. And they won't say that because that's not what they believe. They believe that it's a, a good opportunity for us to you know, do what we're doing here in, in Ukraine simply because the Russians invaded and simply because Biden does not want to look weak. And there's really nothing else that goes into this. Biden does not want to lose Ukraine to Russia, and he's bet a lot on it. On the other hand, Putin has said, you know, Ukraine is part of the Russian empire, uh, and he's not going to give up until it's restored to that status so it's it's a it's almost like what the german foreign minister said yesterday or today i forget uh but she said something to the effect of you know we're at war with russia we're not at war with russia and germany is not either but we're coming to the point where we have a lot invested there and so do the russians and nobody's going to back down you know the republicans have talked about uh cuts to the defense budget that's in vogue right now um, how, how do you have that discussion, and yet you're telling us we've denuded the current, you know, stockpiles? Well, we shouldn't be cutting defense, but again, the, the question always comes down to, and, and we've, we've talked about this many times, Jack, it's not a question of what, how much the defense budget is, it's what you're spending it on. Yes. And, you know, right now, you know, we have had the uh, sub-launched cruise missile, the nuclear version of it, uh, probably going to be cut. It was added in because Congress added in $47 billion 
before, uh, to in addition to what the uh, Biden administration requested for the defense budget, Congress added $47 billion to cover things like the uh, Slickham N, the nuclear cruise missile. Uh, but that's now probably going to be cut. Now, that's part of our deterrent. And we have people, uh, you know, like the Pacific Command Commander, uh, Admiral Richard, was saying, hey, we need this for deterrence. Uh, so those are the things that are going to get cut. We need to have a bottoms-up review like the Reagan administration used to do called defense guidance. What you do is you take the best intelligence you have, the intentions and capabilities of your principal adversaries, you match that against what we have in our stockpile of weapons and people and things we need, intelligence and so forth, and then you retire what we don't need, you buy what we do need. But that hasn't been done since the Reagan era. The, uh, the defense guidance process is buried in the now, I don't remember what they call it, the five-year defense plan. Uh, and it's really, it's such a political animal right now that mm. it's, it's virtually worthless. The world you have versus the world you want. Well, it's the world you have versus the world you want, but coming down to the point where you need to measure what the real world is yep. and figure out what you need to meet the threats. And that hasn't been done, again, for almost 40 years. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't, I don't think it helps when you make, uh, snap decisions, uh, like, like Ukraine has been, where you're not, there's no, you know, it's ready, fire, aim, piecemeal. We're doing things today that we said a few months ago we would not do. No one seems to know what the end game is. What's, what's supposed to happen in the end? What's the definition of victory? Uh, I don't know how you, po- I don't know how you possibly keep up when you're not even thinking that far ahead. Well, and this administration certainly isn't. They're not thinking ahead. They're not trying to figure a way to uh, to get Ukraine what it needs to actually beat the Russians. Uh, and again, Putin is not going to negotiate. He's not going to surrender. He's not going to leave Ukraine. Uh, and while he's alive, that's never going to change. And quite frankly, the people who are coming up behind him, uh, Petrushev, this guy, uh, Prigozhin, uh, who is the head of the Wagner Group, I mean, they're both positioning themselves to succeed Putin. So, you know, things are not going to change for years and years. And, again, the Ukrainians are suffering, and we need to help them defend themselves. And right now, that's uh, that's all I can tell you because I'm not privy to all the classified stuff that's going on. And, mm-hmm. well, Mr. Biden is papering the walls with. Well, I, I understand what you're saying about Ukrainians, but I, I think people would be much more comfortable if they understood that this is – that they are the one – the Ukrainian uh, people and, and that country is – is what Poland was, you know, 45 years ago. It, it's where the, it's where the superpower standoff is happening. But you, you, yes. you couldn't, Reagan couldn't have gone to the American people and said, Hey, drop everything. We've got to protect Poland. That, that's not a, that's not well, a he, sensible argument. Well, he didn't. And, and remember, right. you know, with the help of the help of the Pope and the help of Margaret Thatcher, I mean, the, the yeah. solidarity movement was so strong that effectively the Polish government fell apart. Yeah. And it, with with hardly a shot fired, we won freedom for Poland, and that was just because we had a very strong president who was willing to speak out and speak out on behalf of the the Polish people and speak out and and you know host uh, the Polish like uh, Valenska uh, in the White House. Gee, Jed, thanks for reminding us that we uh, don't have Reagan, Thatcher, and John Paul II <laughs> right now. Pre- Appreciate yeah. that pick-me-up. Um, read him in the American Spectator and elsewhere, and always great to have him on our show, Jed Babin. Thank you so much, Jed. Thank you, Jack. 
I, I, I posted a uh, radio throwback Thursday picture today on Facebook from 1988, and it is it is horrible. I mean, people have been people have been kind. Uh, it, it it is it's rough, but I I just have so few pictures. From those days, I, I envy the guys that took a lot of pictures and have pictures of them at all their different gigs, all the different stations, all the different control boards they sat behind, and they have pictures of them with all the rock stars or artists or celebs that came into the radio station. And I swear to God, we had that too. I, but I just never got pictures, didn't take pictures, didn't ask people who were taking pictures, hey, can I have one? And uh, But I have this picture. So you can you can see it on Facebook. Um, this is what I'm talking about with Kevin McCarthy. Um, I don't know what's happened to him since the rogue Republicans. Maybe they got to him. Maybe they changed him. Maybe he's just putting on an act to please them. I don't know. But here he is explaining to reporters yesterday why uh, he's not letting uh, Schiff and Swalwell on the House Intelligence Committee. Listen to this version of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell. Because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. That Eric Swalwell had a problem with the Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. But they will not serve on a place that has national security reverence because integrity matters to me. <laughs> Where's that guy been? Where have they been keeping that guy? I mean, can we keep that Kevin McCarthy? Can that Kevin McCarthy stay? And the Kevin McCarthy that seemed like a small market weekend television anchor, can we get rid of him? Because that's pretty good. That was a good, like, what was that, about a minute, Don? That's like a good solid minute of clear rational desantesque answering a report you like how i just made that word desantesque answering of a reporter's question absolutely you know what they're doing that's hilarious the 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 media that cover congress they're saying well why can you why are you keeping swalwell and schiff off committees but you're letting george santos be on committees george santos is the what are they calling him lilita the the Republican freshman who lied about everything. Because, I mean, I, I'm not defending that guy, but there's no comparison between people who share secrets with our enemies, who lie about intelligence they've been briefed on, who um, interfere with elections, versus a guy that just lies on his resume. Yeah, we need to deal with him. But they're not in the same league. And the idea that, well, if Santos can serve, why can't they? And and they can serve. They can be on other committees, and they are. They just can't be on the Intelligence Committee. And I think McCarthy's right about that. What do you think? Heard the news about uh, 
Dan Quinn still with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I think we're happy about that. Yep, for sure. I was really hoping that somebody would take Helen Moore. So was I. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be cruel. He seems like a nice young man, but good grief, please, somebody. It's like, take my wife, please, Henny Youngman, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody please hire him. Um, and then, you know, I couldn't figure out, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to be cruel, but why the hurry to hire Frank Reich? Yeah, that kind of... Well, if you're the if you're the Panthers, you're looking at Frank Reich and Kellen Moore. What do you flip a coin? I don't know. I just hate the carousel kind of thing. Frank, I like Frank Reich as a as a quarterback. He was stand up in Buffalo. I don't yeah. like him as a coach. And he 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 was. I think he was around a 500 coach over there, if I remember correctly. He didn't do anything. Yep. Set the world on fire. That Carolina. Higher. That doesn't do anything for them. Mm. But our main purpose here in uh, convening this meeting of the minds is we have the conference championship games on Sunday. Uh, the standings right now: Don Cooper is eight and two in picking playoff games. Christian Blood is seven and three in his picks, and I'm seven and three. So we have San Francisco and Philly in the NFC. Christian, you first. To start with, Cooper's not going to win this. We mm. cannot allow that. <laughs> well, it doesn't look good when the guy off the air is... <laughs> I know. You know. Uh, okay, so uh, Philly, San Francisco, is that where we're starting? That's where we're starting. i got to go 49ers. Now, you say that, but you are one of the most purdy skeptic people I know. What, uh, Brock Purdy? Yeah. 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 So what, what's the scenario? What sells me here is, and I don't make this pick with a lot of confidence because I think this could be a really low scoring and for the for mm-hmm. the average fan, kind of a boring game because mm-hmm. these defenses are going to have it yep. locked down. Yep. They yep. don't want Brock Purdy throwing outside the hash marks. They only want Hertz throwing when it's like you know five yards to the you know line to gain or less. So this might be kind of, I just think the San Francisco defense is younger, mm-hmm. faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is a little old on that side of the world. They're smart and savvy, but they got guys well into the 30s over there. San Francisco doesn't. And they've got I Nick, agree. They've also, got Nick a, probably a more complete team all around. I Not agree. to take anything away from Philly. Great no. year, great team, but yep. great coach, but uh, yep. a little more complete. Uh, Don, San Francisco or Philadelphia? Yeah, I was I was even surprised last weekend that uh, Philadelphia came on top because I, I really expected the Giants uh, to, to win they last weekend. A, they gave him a game. They gave and Hurts showed up, you know, and yep. so that was a, a surprise win, but... I got to go with the 49ers. I, um, okay. My understanding is uh, Purdy is going to be the number one quarterback uh, next year. That's what I've heard. So uh, they're they're, uh, they're going to put yeah, him. He's going back to Iowa State. He's going to play for them. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, but that, Garoppolo uh, said to be not available for Sunday. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you're, you're all three picking San Francisco. And by the way, just to remind everybody, uh, you guys all picked. Uh, San Francisco for the Super Bowl. You just picked different AFC teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the AFC, we have Cincinnati and Kansas City. Um, despite the uh, delicate health of uh, Mahomes, I'm still going with KC. Are you really? Ooh. I am. You know that uh, Burroughs never lost to mm-hmm. uh, to Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He okay. may not be losing to him on Sunday either. I've got to go. I, I, I've got to go Cincinnati. 
You know, I, as big of a believer as I am in the running game, mm-hmm. I'm fully aware it's a quarterback-driven league. And while I certainly think the, the Chiefs could win this game, that wouldn't shock anybody. But I think Burrow just, I think he's the best quarterback in football. He's certainly going to be the healthiest. And if he just won at Buffalo without even flinching, Jack, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't even mm-hmm. flinch. No, I know. And he's done it I'm before. Not, I'm not putting any, I'm not casting any aspersions on him. I love Joe Burrow. I love what he's doing. Um, it, it, this is, the, both, look, both of these games could easily go either way. Yeah. It, none of these are going to be uh, runaways. I just, yep. I, I, I've been picking KC all year. I, I picked them when we made our Super Bowl picks. I'm sticking with KC. Don, where are you on this one? You know, they used to say you never bet against Tom Brady. And um, and, and I, I think the same thought holds true with Mahomes. You never bet against uh, Mahomes. But uh, I, I'm going to bet against them. And the Bengals are going to show up and win mm-hmm. this one, I think. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I've become a, a fanboy of Joe Burrow. I just, mm-hmm. To me, he kind of – and this may be sacrilege. Be some people listening listen – does he kind of remind you of uh, Joe Namath somewhat? It's kind of stylish, kind of you know. Well, Don, you're much older than us. About you remember him. Joe when Namath, I see video so nice. of he, in fact, I think he even throws a better spiral than Joe Namath did. But uh, yeah. you know, Burrow throws an incredible pass, and the only thing that is more impressive than how he spins the ball is mm-hmm. where he can put it. Mm-hmm. He puts it mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is your pick, both of you are picking Cincinnati, mm-hmm. is that primarily because of Mahomes' injury or because you actually think a health, that, he would, that he would defeat a healthy Patrick Mahomes? No, oh. I, I, think, I think Bengals would win anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, same, you do? Yeah, okay. same here. I, I think, and, I think yeah. and just to veer away from quarterbacks, I have more trust in Cincinnati's defense than I do Kansas City's, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we got our picks. Um, all three of us like Frisco, and Christian and Don uh, are going to be wrong about Cincinnati. I mean, I've picked Cincinnati, <laughs> and I'm all alone right. with the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's okay. That's right. We're going to see how this turns out come Monday, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Um, all right. We got a lot more we will talk about. There was a woman that wanted to volunteer at her kid's school. You know, good parent, right? They're having an event. The kids, they, they, you remember when your kids were in school, right? They put out the call. Can you volunteer? She wanted to volunteer uh, at her kid's elementary school. This was in Florida. And she was told she could not. What in the world did she do for them to tell her, we, we can't have you, we don't want you? Uh, in the old days, eggs and toilet paper were so cheap We threw them at people and the houses of people we didn't like. How times have changed. Can you imagine egging somebody now? What are you, made of money? 210-599-5555. Jack Riccardi on KTSA. We'll have the dish tomorrow in our 6 o'clock hour. And we'll be talking restaurants, getting you ready for the weekend. We'll have Dad Joke Friday as well. On the JR poll today, should Black History Month uh, be a separate unit or should we just teach American history every month? And I completely forgotten, and I, I thank Scott, a listener named Scott sent me this. I'd completely forgotten about the famous interview Mike Wallace had Morgan Freeman on 60 Minutes. And you know that had to be a long time ago. And he asked him uh, about Black History Month, and Morgan Freeman got this look of disgust on his face. He said, I'm not interested in Black History Month. We don't need it. I don't want it. 
and he turned it on Mike Wallace, and he said, why don't we have White History Month? It should all be American history. And I, I had I had forgotten about that, but that that's in a nutshell. That's how I, I'm with Morgan Freeman. I mean, I and I say that not because I seek to deprive any anybody who ever played a part in American history of getting their due, but I think it's just a very bad idea to break it out of the whole. When you break off a piece of the whole, that becomes a smaller piece. It might have been meant to highlight black history, but I think it's having the effect of insulating it, demoting it. So anyway, tell me what you think about that. 210-599-5555. A woman in Florida is suing her public school district after she was banned from volunteering at her child's school. Victoria Treese told Fox 35, I don't think any mom or dad should be put in the position I'm in. She has an OnlyFans page, which is a a subscription service. She posts uh, pictures of herself in uh, swimsuits, etc., etc., on her OnlyFans page. She thinks that one of the other parents has it in for her, told the school... And the school says she's not allowed to volunteer. Because she has an OnlyFans page. Now, make sure I understand this. And correct me if I get any of this wrong. Public schools are talking to our kids about their penises and vaginas and their pronouns, and their actual name, not the name they were sent to school with, and telling them you can have a different gender identity here in school and we won't tell your parents, etc., etc. That's going on. The schools are doing that. But a lady with an OnlyFans page who actually is somebody's mama can't come and, you know, help run the bake sale or whatever the event is? Are you kidding me? I don't know what kind of a person she is, and I know they do background checks, I'm sure in Florida, like they do here in Texas. If you're going to be a volunteer, you go through DPS, and if you're, if you're a bad actor, it pops up. But I mean, this seems just hilariously out of whack. And again, you know, it sounds like if anything, Victoria Treese just has an enemy. Or a, maybe a frenemy uh, with one of the other parents, you know. So she's um, angry about it. She's got a lawyer. She's accusing the district of limiting her volunteer opportunities. And she says they shared her pictures to staff, administrators, and the media. The school district's not commenting because they say they can't comment on pending legislation. Um. I mean, how many parents are doing other things that maybe aren't on an OnlyFans page, but, you know, if we knew about them, we might not approve of them, but we don't know about them. We don't need to know about them. You know, it's not... I'm, I'm more worried about what adults are doing with our kids in school 
then I am worried about what some adult is doing with some other adults. But that's just me. That's just me. You tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. Maybe, that just, maybe I'm just being too logical about this. I don't know. Remember Mark Hamill from the Star Wars uh, movie? Uh, Mark Hamill is a very woke Hollywood guy. He has been on the um, correct side, the politically correct side of every issue. He has exactly the right position on Trump and January 6th and the Electoral College and so forth. But Mark Hamill is in the crosshairs of the cancel culture right now. Have you heard this story? There was a tweet by uh, a woman named Inja Willoughby in England. And Inja Willoughby is a transsexual woman. Started out as a man, identifies as a woman. I'm not sure where in the, in the steps Inja Willoughby is. But Inja Willoughby was taking on J.K. Rowling, the lady that wrote the Harry Potter books, because she has said some pretty blunt and frank things. She's expressed her opinion about, uh, well, about a lot of woke things, but also about kids and uh, transsexualism. And people think she's horrible and worse than DeSantis. That's the new, right? We used to say worse than Hitler. Then it was worse than Trump. Now it's worse than DeSantis. He's worse than DeSantis. Anyway, I'm, I'm, let me get back to the point. So uh, she was under attack by this Willoughby person. And Mark Hamill simply liked one of J.K. Rowling's tweets. Inja Willoughby had tweeted, I'm more of a woman than J.K. Rowling will ever be. Rowling responded, citation needed. And Mark Hamill clicked like. Do you remember everything you've liked in the course of a day on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you're on? Do you, you probably do it more than you can possibly keep track of, right? So he agreed in the moment. He liked the comeback. Maybe he agreed with J.K. Rowling or maybe he just thought it was a very pithy, quick-witted response. For liking it, the Master Blasters are now after him. They've come after him. And see, this is the, this is, this is how you have to understand this cancel culture phenomenon. This is the only thing he's done wrong. He's totally correct. He has towed every line they've ever shown him in the entire history of his being a public figure. He is, an iconic star in an iconic movie. And they want him. They want his scalp. Now, since I read this, for all I know, he's resigned, uh, you know, apologized, retracted. I don't know. If he hasn't, maybe he will. But I wish guys like him would recognize how quickly you can become the focus, the target, how quickly you can um, become 
the enemy. You know, the the left in general has become the thing they used to oppose. They've become the scolds. They've become the censors. They've become the, the you know, the... Uh, Essentially, they've become Big Brother. And it used to be, I'm old enough to remember, when they were always the ones raising the alarm, warning everybody about power and concentrated power and the power of the mob and the, and the need to defend unpopular speech because if you, don't, if you don't defend his or her unpopular speech, no one will defend yours. I hope... People like Mark Hamill are waking up, and and the the best wake-up call is when it happens to them, which is happening to him right now. Are you ready for a good conspiracy theory? Ready to wrap up the day with a good conspiracy theory? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with this. And I'm not saying I believe anything at all is going on, but apparently there's a conspiracy theory about DeMar Hamlin. Have you heard this? So DeMar Hamlin was the Buffalo Bills safety who... Collapsed on the field on January 2nd during a Monday night football game. It was a riveting, horrifying moment. As you watched the looks on the players' faces, you knew that some sort of life and death struggle was going on on the field, and it was. And CPR was rendered. Thank God for the Bills' training staff. And he got to the hospital, and he got good care, and he has an indomitable spirit and a strong faith. And he was buoyed up by the prayers of millions. And it actually elevated prayer to a public posture we haven't seen in a long time. And he's recovering. Last weekend, when the Bills were playing that uh, snowstorm game with the Bengals, uh, they projected a shot of him onto the uh, scoreboard, watching the game and he was wearing a hoodie he was all bundled up it was a cold blustery winter day and people were glad to see him but you couldn't see his face and now there's been a couple of other images where he's got a hoodie on and you can't see his face and people are saying why why aren't they showing his face that's the i'm not i'm not saying that that's the conspiracy theory I'm sure DeMar Hamlin's face is fine. And we should be so grateful that he's still alive that we should not even care if we can see his face. But that's that's where we're at. That's that's something that real grown-ups that have cars and licenses and wear big boy pants, they're, they're, this is being talked about, buzzed about. Wow, what's, why aren't they showing his face? And what would the, like, what's the, no one is saying, well, what's the, so what's your explanation? That's not really him, or something happened to his face, or what, what, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? I'm just passing it along. You know me. I'm just here to keep you apprised. I was thinking about this today. Um, I have this bad habit, and I'll bet I'm not the only one that does this. I have this bad habit. When somebody gives me a compliment, I immediately return the compliment, the exact same compliment. It's like it's like we're playing ping pong, you know. I just hit the ball right back over the net without even hesitating, without even thinking. I say the same thing back to them. 
And I say it because I'm uncomfortable getting compliments. I don't like to get them. I don't, I don't do well with them. I'm just weird about that. Am I the only one? I don't think I'm the only one, right? I mean, some people can take them very graciously. Some people walk around like they're expecting them, but I, it just makes me uncomfortable to have a compliment. So I'm the, I'm the same way, Jay. Are you the same way? Yeah. yeah. So I always hit it right back to the person, hit it right back over the net. So like, for example, when I lost all the weight, people would, and I'm not bragging, I'm just making this as an example. People would say, Oh, you look, you look like you've lost some weight or you look great. And I would immediately say to them, you have two. And it, that wasn't true. I mean, it, it was, it was, and they would look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? But they didn't say it because they were being polite. So that prompted this question that we're going to ask you right now. And we've been asking all day on Facebook. And before I give you the question, just know that everybody can answer this. And no one is immune from this. Okay. What is something you often find yourself saying, but you don't really mean? And I know, I know, you're like, oh, I'm a totally sincere person. I always mean what I say. I know you are. I know you're a good person. I know you're great. But even wonderful people, even saints, occasionally say something to be polite. Okay? That's what I mean. Like, for example, um, my example is I mirror back a compliment. You might, uh, whenever anybody asks you to do something, you might say no problem, even though sometimes it really is a problem. How about this one? Somebody's telling you a story. I got a few of these on Facebook, and I'm using this as another example. So somebody's telling you a long story, and they're just going on and on. And you say, wow, really? Or, that's crazy. And, and in fact, truthfully, you just wish they would end it. But you were saying things like, you, you can't get enough of this story. You hope it goes on even longer. So that's what I mean. What is something you find yourself saying, but you don't really mean, doesn't make you a bad person, and yes, we all do it, and don't tell me you don't, right? 210-599-5555. Something you find yourself saying, but you don't really mean. Because you're just, you know, it's something you, maybe it's a catchphrase or a crutch phrase or... um. You know, you say, oh, cool, or no problem. 210-599-5555. Joseph said, when somebody asks me how I am doing, I always say, okay, or fine. Because I don't have time to go over the list of ish that I'm actually dealing with. Heather, this was a good one. Heather wrote, uh, when you're watching sports, I'll I'll say good luck may the best team win, but I don't really mean that. Right? You know that's that's okay. Doesn't make you a bad person. Uh, Letitia said no thanks. I'm not hungry. Yeah, I've done that. Pretend you don't want to. Yeah, you really want one of those donuts? Oh no, nothing for me. Thank you. I'm good. I had a banana six hours ago. I'm not interested in that donut at all. No. Oh no. Uh, a lot of people said that's nice. 
Um, Sean Rima. Sean Rima joined the conversation on Facebook this afternoon. His was, I'll call you right back. Oh, man. Right? That's, that's in the Lie Hall of Fame right there. I'll call you right back. I used to work with a guy, and he would get invited to a lot of, he was very famous in the community, being on the radio, and he would get invited to a lot of things, and he really didn't like to go to most of them. But he didn't want to say, no, I'm not coming, or no, I'm not going to attend. So he would say, I hope to be there. And whenever I heard him say it, because I knew him, that meant there was no way in hell he was going to go to that thing. <laughs> there was no way he would be there. I hope to be there was his way of saying no. Something you say, but you don't really mean. 210-599-5555. Scott is on the radio. Hi, Scott. Hey, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's Frog here, brother. All right. Well, one. is that true, or are you it's just saying that? No, that's... <laughs> that, okay, so that, but, uh, that one is true. When you say that, you mean it. Right. That's true. Okay. Absolutely. What's something you say that you one. don't really mean? That tastes delicious. <laughs> um, is there anyone in particular sure you're saying that too? Or? What's that? Is there anyone in particular you're saying that too? Well, you probably say it more than once to different people when, when you're oh, eating okay. somebody's food yeah. and that they cook for you or prepare it for yeah. you and it's just disgusting. You say, oh, what no, else can you, Yeah, what else can you say, right? Exactly. Yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. All or right. how about... Banana bread, that's my favorite. So um, what is something that you find yourself saying often, but you don't really mean? Like, And I think really one of the best ones is, is the, the person that said, uh, when they ask me how I'm doing, I say fine, even though I'm not. Because people don't, that's all people want you to say. You know, you may have one or two people in your life who when they ask you how you're doing, really would like to hear how you are doing. But uh, most people who ask you that, they want, like, fine, good, okay, great, doing great. And I don't know if you've noticed, like, but at work, when people ask you that, they keep moving. Like in the hallway, you know, they don't, they don't, if they wanted a full report, they'd have to stop. That's like a, that's like a drive-by. How you doing? Good. You good? You know, and just moving along. 210-599-5555, and Rod is on the radio. Hi, Rod. Hey, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I really am good, actually. I'm not lying. Okay. I'm doing well. I'm uh, are you, though? Are you really yeah, doing well? Actually, okay, good. Good. What's something that you often find yourself saying that you don't really mean? So this is kind of a, a 50-50 sincerity thing. Okay. And I'm the guy that does say, good to see you. How you doing? Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of, I didn't really realize that, but as I think about it, I, I, I use that a lot. And I really mean it about half the time that I say it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making me uncomfortable, Jack. No, you're right. We say good to see you to everyone. But we're really not yeah. glad to see all of them. Or we could say, how's your mama and them? But are we really sincere about right. that? Are we really right. know? Yeah. Um, it, it, these are things that they, they pop out before you've even had a chance to, you know, like you're saying them before you're even thinking them, right? Yes. 
So that was the idea. So, yeah, no, when you think about it, there's quite a few of them. Rod, that's a great one. Thank you for the call, sir. And when I say that's a great one, I really mean that it's a great one. Uh, ben, see, we got to put a, a disclaimer with everything here now. Uh, ben is next on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Ben. Hey, Jack. How are you doing? Well, do you really want to know? I'm, I'm, I'm asking, so I'm asking. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, I, I mean, you. you know, anyway. I what got is one it? for you. I got one what for is you. It? I got one for Lay you. Lay it on me. That is such a cute little baby. Oh, you're right. You're right. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. More often than I mean, we want it to. Yeah, because there's no, there's no other, I mean, what else could you say? There's no way out of it. There's no way out of it. Yeah. You, have to, you have to go through with it every single time. Right, right. And 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 I think we can agree. Most of the time, we're being honest. Absolutely, absolutely. But occasionally, every occasionally, now, every now and then, you get one of those squished yeah. faces that just right. isn't the way. Um, it, they eventually work it out, but it's not. They always do. That's the. Again. It's funny you say this. I was just having this conversation with my brother uh, a couple of days ago, and his younger daughter, uh, when she was born, was really a strange-looking baby. There's no other way for me to say this. I, I'm not. It's just a fact. Uh, she's a cute kid now. She's seven. She, it, like Ben just said, they, it, it kind of resolves itself. But so, yeah, some babies, you know, whoo, whoa, Rosemary's baby, right? I mean, 210, 599, 5555. What is something you often find yourself saying even when you don't really mean it? And Rick has one. Hi, Rick. Hey, Rick. Uh, Jack, sorry. I'm talking to myself. Uh, I actually, I just wanted to give you some accolades. You, uh, you make me turn off Sean Hannity, and uh, well, I appreciate be, your show in the him, afternoon. But I'll I'll take it. Thank you. I'm glad you. I'm oh glad no, I appreciate your show in the afternoon. You you lighten me up after a day of stupidity. And uh, the only thing I can say is some people say, "Hey, how you doing?" And I say, uh, "Good to see you." And I know damn well they don't mean it. Right. Right. Neither do I most of the time. <laughs> Why do we do that? Why do we have to say something like that? But it's expected of us, right? It kind of like a common courtesy. I'm kind of from the out uh, out west, but I've been in Texas for about fifty years, and uh, it's just something you say all the time. Hey, good to see you, even though uh, you might not really mean. It. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. We have to because it's expected. Hey, Rick, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. I'm really glad you're listening. Thank you. I hope we can keep. Uh, hang on to you. Keep you listening. Um, Roman Garcia said on Facebook, uh, his, uh, statement, something you often say but don't mean, and this is a good one, that sounds interesting. Oh man, how many meetings have I been in where somebody's laying out some business plan or <laughs> some product? And for a variety of reasons, you, you're there. You gotta be there. And not only do you have to be there, but you've got to not look like your eyes are going to roll into the back of your head. And so to, and to, and to kind of keep yourself awake, you kind of lean forward, right? And you feign fascination. Very interesting what you're doing with that life insurance program. It's very interesting. 210-599-5555. So there's very common ones like, how are you? How are you doing? Maybe you have one that's a little more uh, specific. Uh, I had a few people on Facebook uh, say things like, uh, I'll, I'll do that later, or we'll get to that later when you know you're not going to. You know, another one that, that I, I find people say a lot is, 
if people say one of these days we need to have lunch, you're never having lunch with that person. That's never happening. In fact, I think everyone knows that it's just a thing to say. Like, don't wait lunch on that person. If they say one of these days we need to have lunch, not going to happen. You're eating lunch with somebody else. Christian, is there anything you, I mean, you're a straight shooter, I know, but is there ever a time that you sort of feel like you blurt out or you have a crutch phrase that you say but you don't really mean? Mm, yeah, well, there's been many. <laughs> it's like, let me, let me nice see. Nice to work with you, Jack. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there was one that I was really abusing for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? It's been it's been a while. It's the um, when you say, um, yeah, I got to be honest, honestly mm. speaking, honest. Yeah. And it got yeah. to the point where I started thinking, you know, how honest am I really being? Yeah. Or is this only partial honesty? And I think it was more the latter. Yeah. There's a little bit of yeah. honesty, but maybe yeah. not all of it. Yeah, me doth think you protest too much, right? <laughs> So there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, to be honest, or I got to be honest. All right. Um, We got a ton of them on Facebook. Um, uh, Like, uh, bless your heart. Um, I was sure I had sent you an invite. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, People saying sorry, right? So you, you don't mean to be insensitive. You don't mean to be insincere, but... Before you even realize you're saying it, what is something you often find yourself saying that you don't really mean? And one of the examples I used was when I receive a compliment, I cannot help but, you know, hit it back over the net. And that's okay if it happens to be applicable, but you, you don't just say that. To, like, you don't, you know, if somebody says you lost weight, you don't say to them, you have two when, when they haven't, I mean, that's absurd. And I know I'm doing that. Another one is, like, there are people I know and like. I'm thinking of one guy in particular, but I respect him too much to, to name him on the radio. You would know who he is. Um, but we have had this back and forth uh, exchanges, like, on texts and messenger. Hey, we got to get together for coffee. We got to get together for lunch. It's never going to happen. I know it's not. But I think that's our way of saying, I respect you, I like you, but we're just busy. We're on different schedules, and we're just busy people. But why do we say, one of these days we got to get together for lunch? We're not going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that will never happen. I'm not hurt about it or upset about it, but it's just funny to me. I wonder about stuff like that. Like, why do we say it? And it's a ritual, right, that people do. They say that. You probably know someone that you've been saying that to, but you're never going to do it. And you might even be saying it to someone you really don't want to get together with. Like, oh, I'll say this, but in actual fact, I don't want to have lunch with that person. That's not how I feel about him, but I, I, I have said that with total insincerity in the past. 210-599-5555. got to be careful, though, because if you keep offering one of these days, you're gonna be. You're gonna have to do it, right? Uh, David is on the radio. Hi, David. Hi, Jack. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind with me is, how are you? Mm-hmm. Because there's and a time then, uh, when you really want to know how a person is if they've had an illness or something. But then we we just blurt that out to everybody, right? You're right. And the other thing that came to my mind is what I find myself doing too often is saying thanks. You too. Uh, for instance, 
when I'm at a restaurant, uh, the server puts a plate of food down in front of me. It says, enjoy your meal. I'll say, thanks, you too. <laughs> what? That's right. That's right. That's a very good one. Because I've had people say to me, have a great show. And I go, you too. Like, what? <laughs> That's stupid. You're right, David. I'm glad you said that one. That's a good one. Uh, Lou is on KTSA. Hi, Lou. Hey, Jack. On the other end of uh, we got to get together and do lunch, uh, if I'm interested in following up, with it, I'll say, hey, when does it work for you? And if I'm not interested, it just uh, sounds like a plan. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm writing that one down. Sounds like a plan means this will never actually happen, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Very insightful. These are getting better as we go along. That is a good one. So there's your out, okay? You want to have the lunch, the coffee, the dinner, the drink. You start talking schedule. If you just want to maintain, like there's people in your life, you just... You want to stay on the good side of them, right? You like them. You respect them. Maybe you, you know, they're they're in your circle. Sounds like a plan. Dot, dot, dot. 210-599-5555. Bob's on the radio. Hi, Bob. Uh, hi, Jack. Um, this is one here that always gets me. I don't know about anybody else, but uh, if you're watching a TV program, a documentary, where two people are going back and forth, you know, talking about a subject matter, and somebody uh, states a question, and the opposing person says, that's a great question. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking to myself, it's just a question, uh, and that's why I asked it. I want to have an answer uh-huh. to it. Eh? Uh-huh. So anyway, that's uh, the way I my, look at yeah, it. Yeah, aren't anyway. all my questions great? Yeah. That's yeah. That is a good. By the way, have you ever noticed how often when people say that's a great question, they then do not answer it? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's a way of distracting like I'm not going to be able to answer this, so I'll just say, "Boy, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked yes. me that." And then they'll forget. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I like this. We're tearing down all the curtains tonight, aren't we? We're we're exposing everything. Don, when we're finished with this segment, people will not be able to talk to each other at all. Everything will be dissected, <laughs> right? I think, yeah. And they have gotten better. Each, as each They're getting better along, as we yeah. go, yeah. I'm glad we didn't limit it to four words because that was apparently... <laughs> that was, I'm still, I still have bruises from that segment. Whew, that was rough. All right, so uh, if you're just uh, getting into the car or getting out of the car or getting into somebody's car, uh, we're talking about what is something... You often find yourself saying, but you don't really mean. I always like the one, we must do this again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that does feel like a dismissal, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you know, you know when, when that gets said a lot, dates. <laughs> well, never... I've had a good time. It's been, it was great to meet you. We need to do this again. That is, that, you might as well just, Punch the person in the face. That is absolutely a, you are dismissed. Go, forget forget the directions to my house. Don't ever lose my number. We need to do this again. It's not going to happen. Back to, back to silver singles. It's never going to, never going to happen. 210-599-5555. 
Um, Arthur is on KTSA as we talk about this. Hi, Arthur. Hello, Jack. How are you this afternoon? Uh, if you really mean that, I'll tell you I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm doing great, Jack. Good. I just thought of one that you see somebody fall or have an accident. You, I go up to them and says, are you okay? Versus telling them, I thought you might have died on that thing. I thought <laughs> you might have gotten killed. <laughs> really, I guess, are you okay is really like saying, hey, I just saw you fall down, right? Yeah. Except sometimes yeah. it's, a, it's a little severe, but it's just an instinct. We all say, are you okay? <laughs> they it's might true. have their one elbow going one way or another. I don't know what they're, else yeah, their, their head fell off, and you're like, oh, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. Very I, good, I, Arthur. Thank you. Uh, two, you know, their body parts are in all different places. You know. hope, you're, hope you're okay. 210-599-5555. Cool. Um, that's crazy. It is what it is. Um, I'm not hungry. Oh, here's one. Jim had this one. Um, thanks for calling. Now, sometimes you mean it, but you got to say it no matter what, right? Even if, even if the call is not a call you've appreciated or enjoyed. Yeah, thanks for calling. A lot of people also wrote to me and said some of the things they find themselves saying, it's because of customer service. Like Lessa said, um, I have to tell customers it's no trouble at all, even when it's a lot of trouble. And she says, I do the silent scream. So what is something you find yourself saying often but don't usually mean when you say it? Um, 210-599-5555. Later in this hour, we'll uh, see how you voted on the JR poll question about Black History Month. And we're talking right now, this is kind of an oddball question, but, you know, if you think about it, we all have one of these, or maybe more than one. Uh, wh- there was one guy on Facebook, by the way, who adamantly denied that he never, ever says anything he doesn't totally 100% mean, which is itself a BS statement, so he just... He just told us his. But anyhow, everybody else admits we all do this sometimes. What is something you often find yourself saying, but you don't really mean? And another way to think of it is it's like a verbal crutch. You you just kind of blurt it. It's maybe you realize you're saying it a lot or too often. When I moved down here from the Northeast, I noticed uh, there is a very popular catchphrase in the South. It's only in the South. It's, bless your heart, bless your heart. Now, bless your heart, if taken literally, seems like a very lovely sentiment. But bless your heart actually is scathing, right? I mean, it's it's the super southern polite way of you're full of it, <laughs> basically. Um, had to figure that out. 210-599-5555. John is on the radio. Hi, John. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm well. happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We've got to get rid of how are you doing and how are you. We I know. You're, that, you're, right? well, uh, well, and I, there's, there's other ones that I use normally, but I can't say them on the radio. Yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah. The uh, Well, actually, I have... A question from, I mean, an answer from, I guess, earlier this week, and then one from yesterday, and I got one okay. from today. So okay. I don't, 
The one for the four-parter was listen to Jack Carney. The uh, I, if it comes to Trump, I'll vote for him in the uh, if he comes, you know, to the final, but not in the uh, primaries. But for today, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm just giving you all of it at once. That way it makes it easy, right? Um, but the uh, the big thing for uh, the verbal crutch, if you want to call it, it took me. 20 years to stop doing this. Now I've been married for 33, so whenever my wife would say, what do you think of this? Oh, that's just fine, dear. Whatever you want to wear. Hmm. So now what do you yeah, do? Yeah, just be a, nah, tell her the truth. Okay. And that goes over okay? But she I, wants you to tell her? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, yes, actually, she wanted me to tell the truth for the first 20 years, and I never did. Right. But, I mean, that, I mean no, but you're in a very, those, that's, that's that. a common dilemma, because you... Some people, when they ask, they want to be given the compliment. They're not asking Correct. for analysis. But you figured right. out that this lady really wants your opinion, your insight. Honest. Yeah, but it, but it took me 20 years. Well, men, are slow, men are slow, John. We're slow. We're not yeah, yeah to- that's true. Now, 20 years for, for men is like six years for women. Yeah, right. But I got a question yeah. for you. So okay. when somebody says, long-time listener, first-time caller, do you believe mm-hmm. them? Yeah, I think I do actually, because ninety over ninety nine percent of listeners never call, and I know that surprises okay. people, but that's that's a provable statistic. So, I, okay. I actually do okay. believe that, that that people probably are making the call for the first time, and um, and I'm impressed that they do. Like I, I've I've never called a talk show, you know. I'm, I'm oh. impressed that people do that. Well, I call you all the time, so I can't say that. Well, I appreciate that, John. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, yes, sir. And I and I think your I think all your answers were great. Thank you, John. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Something you say, but you don't really mean. Like, and and I want to I want to make to his point. Um, so yeah, callers when they say that, I think they mean it. And if I say on the air, that was a great call, or you made a great point, I I do mean that. Um, because I am constantly, uh, hearing things that I'm learning or that are eye-opening for me. This is, this, this works both ways, you know. Um, so I, I mean that when I say it. 210-599-5555 and Mark is next. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jack. Uh, I've been, in fact, listening for years and this is my first time calling. Um, <laughs> okay. I believe you. <laughs> and thank you. I do have. So my favorite as a military retiree is with all due respect. And that also mm. falls within your four-word limit. Um, and <laughs> That's true, it does. Mean, I think you're an idiot, but I cannot tell you that because you outrank yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with all due respect also kind of reminds me a little bit of bless your heart. It's like the military yeah, version simple. of bless your heart, right? In fact, yeah. yeah, definitely. So how would you say it if you actually were trying to express respect but maybe disagree with the person um probably just out and out say it you know i respect your opinions i think you're wrong on this and this Mm, is why yeah there you go or i say this respectfully yeah okay that's good right mark i'm glad you i'm glad you called i hope you'll call again sometime and i do mean that (laughs) all right mark thank you uh elvia is on ktsa happy thursday night elvia hey there um, I tend to say, uh, likewise. Oh, and when somebody gives you a compliment? Grand. <laughs> yes, and, and it's grand. Now, why do we feel the need, like we're playing pickleball, 
to hit the compliment back over the net to the other person. Why do we do that? You got me. I have no clue. I like I've, I've, I've thought to myself, why don't I at least pick a compliment? If I'm going to return the compliment, let me at least pick one that applies to the person. Exactly. Like if they say you, you've lost weight, instead of me saying that to them when it isn't true, I could say that's a great hat. But then again, why do I even have to say that if I don't think it's a great hat? Right? Exactly, yeah. Do we feel guilty about getting compliments? Is that what it is? Uh, no, I don't feel guilty. I always just reply with, um, you know, if someone gives me a compliment or if they say I have a great day, I say, like, thank you, likewise. Yeah, yeah. What about the one where I was talking about where you somebody says, one of these days we got to have lunch? You oh. always know that means it's you always know that means it's not going to happen, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I have a whole set of people in my life that I'm never going to have lunch with, and we keep saying it to each other. I, it's, it seems weird. Well, I think it's just uh, you know, a busy schedule. Sorry, yeah, see that's, you soon. Right. That's right. You know how busy we are. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> All right, Elvia, thank you. One of these days we'll have lunch, Elvia. Thank you. 210 599 Because if you're going to have lunch, you go, how's next Wednesday for you? Or, um, hey, let's, let's do, uh, Tuesday at 1230. You, you just, you just get right down to business, right? You just get right to it. When you say one of these days, like, it's like you're saying we're going to go to Mars, you know, <laughs> one of these, it's just lunch. It's, it, you're keeping it at arm's length. I know I do it. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm not really a big lunch guy anyway, so don't like to have a lot of lunches. I'm in a quicksand and I'm starting to sing. I need someone to help me, but I don't know which way to turn. I know I don't have much of a choice. I'll go out of my mind. Or into the Doing? You look great. One of these days, we got to have lunch. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just reading the list. 636-550-1071, KTSA. This half hour, we'll have the results on the JR poll. Uh, Gary sent me an internet meme. After I say, that's crazy twice, please wrap up your story. <laughs> you know what I'm, You know what he's talking about, right? Like somebody's just going on and on with this thing that they think is an incredible anecdote and it's maybe just an okay anecdote if that and when you're saying oh that's crazy that is really like giving them the producer wrap up you know twirling finger thing yeah 210-599-5555 my dad was famous for being very blunt and my mom and dad had been married for a long long time but i I remember on occasion she'd get, you know, kind of wound up and he would give her that twirling thing, you know, Don, like a producer signal. That 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 signal you give like, hey, we're running out of time, you wrap, know, with the twirling finger in the trying air. Trying to wrap it up. He would he would do that to her. <laughs> like how long do you have to be married before you get away with that? But uh, you know, he was like, I don't have all day. I don't have I, I don't know how much time I have. 210-599-5555, something you say often but don't really mean. 
And Jake is on KTSA. Hi, Jake. Good evening, kind sir. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, Sincerely. thank you. So, good. I caught myself doing this the other day, and, and just one of those things that I think we feel we have to do. And unfortunately, went downtown to a porter drawing service, and it was an open casket. Mm-hmm. So... I pay my respects there at the casket and mm-hmm. walk on over to the widow. And of course, <laughs> one of the things that comes out is something mm-hmm. like, but he looks so good. I can't believe oh. it. Oh, Jake, I'm telling you, why, why do we say that? <laughs> well, they never look know, good. <laughs> you look, you look good, but, <laughs> but, they never. I don't. I don't. I don't want to get angry calls from undertakers, but I mean, thank you for making them look presentable. I'm sure you do incredible things to hide the ravages of illness or injury. But I mean, I've never seen anyone in a casket that looked anywhere as good as they had looked when they were alive. Right? Correct. Hey, so and when you're looking up. at your 89 year old uncle who served <laughs> in the war and he's got all this makeup on, you know. You're not thinking, oh, he's never looked better. Correct. Yeah, hey, so to that... follow up on your lunch, a quick follow up on your lunch invitation. Yes. That is, why do I only see you at weddings and funerals? We need to get Oh, together. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you yeah, know, the answer to that is because we don't, because we don't like each other. That's, that's why. Because <laughs> we're only we going to see friends. each other when we have to both be here. Yeah. See, we, we need these friends. things. We can't be honest with people. We can't just, you couldn't just say that to somebody. Well, Jake, it's because I really don't like you. I only see you when I have to. Then we can't say that. Well, you know, we were best friends in middle school, but you went your way and I went my way, and mm-hmm. our paths just never crossed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There you go. So we, we're saving, we're saving ourselves and we're saving others. Jake, great one. That, the one with the open casket, I can't believe that didn't come up sooner. How did it take this long? Where's Jake been all this time? No, but seriously, that is so true. That is true. And it's, and it's almost to the point where, like, you're not, you're not going to say it. You don't think you're going to say it. And then you're, you're with the family. You know, usually you go to the casket, then there's the reviewing line with the family. And before you even, Realize you're saying it. You've said it. You know, another one that people say at funerals? There's a bunch of them you say at funerals, but you know, another one that I'm just thinking of now. It's good that we're all here. It's good that we're all here. I mean, think about that. It's really not good that we're all here, right? Like, if he was alive, that would be good. It's not good that we're all here. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. All right, something you say, but don't really mean. And Sam is on KTSA. Hi, Sam. Hey, how you doing today, Jack? Hey, Sam. Uh, listen, this is one that's a little bit off the chart. This is one that uh, most people have used but will never admit to using. Mm-hmm. Right after having sex with somebody and you blurt out that awkward compliment, you're the best I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Or was it good for you? Oh, <laughs> boy, Sam, you know how to go right to the the discomfort zone. But that is a very—I mean, there isn't really anything in those moments that is easy to say, right? 
just best to keep your mouth shut. Maybe that's why in the old movies and television shows, people smoked cigarettes so they didn't have to say anything, you know? <laughs> Stick a cigarette in there. Right. All right, I'm not promoting cigarette smoking. Thank you, Sam. Uh, 210-599-5555. Yeah, there's no, no good... Nothing uh, advisable to say in that uh, in that situation. Just uh, maybe, maybe just enjoy the silence there. Uh, in that situation, we do say things not to be insincere, but often to reassure other people. We like the lady that said, um, and a few people have said this. You say no problem very automatically, and sometimes it is a problem, or it's an inconvenience, or it's, you're put out. But no problem. No problem is also a way of saying, I don't want to do this for you, or you're wrong to ask me for this, but I'm, I have to do it. You know, if the boss says, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday, you know, no problem. <laughs> Probably not literally how you feel, right? Uh, Dean is on the radio on KTSA. Hi, Dean. Yeah, hi, Jack. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Dean, and I appreciate your asking. Hope you're having yourself a great night. Yeah, I, I've got a, a spin on the we need to do lunch sometime. Uh, okay. And uh, it wasn't anything I said that I was said to me. Uh, in my 30s, I was going out with this girl a few times. And uh, I would and the conversation turned to something like this. I would call her up and I'd say, hey, uh, you want to go out next week? And she'd say, uh, yeah, whenever. And I'd say, how about Friday? And she'd say, yeah, whenever. Mm. And, and it's like okay, message received. Yeah, with the, if you look on the calendar, whenever uh-huh. is in the very back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's the thirteenth month. That's a good one. That's a, <laughs> so so da- dating like funerals. Dating has its own like universe of these sayings, right? Um, and there's that way you deflect a person you're not interested in, or they deflect you. Um, how about this? Do people still say this? I don't know. I'm old. I'm out of circulation. Do people still say, it's not you, it's me? People still say that, Don? It's not you, it's me. And you know, when they say that, it is you. I'm telling you as a friend, but it's not you, it's me. You're fine, it's me. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Chris is next with uh, something you say but don't mean. Hi, Chris. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, mine is, uh, I love my job or I got your back. <laughs> I've got your back. Let's let's drill down on that a little bit. What exactly does that mean? Like if I'm a fighter pilot and you say you've got my six, I know exactly what that means. Yeah. But like... You know, in the office, I've got your back. What if there's if there's shooting? If there's what? What does that mean? If the boss comes in and I, you say, "I love my job," <laughs> yeah, I love my job. I mean, there are people that love their job, right? Yeah, true. But you know, when you're in the office talking to everybody, and the yeah. boss comes in, oh, I yeah. love my job. Mm-hmm. I don't mind mm-hmm. being late. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no problem. No, no problem. problem. Thank you, Chris. Charlie's on KTSA. All right, Charlie, you got one? It is a good evening, Jack. Uh, mine actually comes on the other end of things. Uh, growing up, uh, similar to you, I assume, my family is Sicilian and Basque, so uh, 
not much creativity on other on either side for politeness. <laughs> okay. I hear so, you. <laughs> mine came on the receiving end. I was at work one day, and my boss comes over and tells me, uh, "You know, you, you do a great job at this. You're fantastic. You know, mm. we really need you to fix this thing, and you're really good at this." And then I, I oh. kind of looked at him funny, and I said, "Well, why did you? What? I'm so I'm good at this? Yeah, but you need to fix." That's okay, a that's but, a technique um, <laughs> where you sandwich you make a sandwich of the criticism, right? Yeah, so and, and I literally you, you looked do, at my boss and I yeah, I, I told him I said, you know, um, what do you want me to fix? <laughs> he said, tell me what you need here. Yeah, well, that's a that is a yeah. I've I've seen that technique. It's not as slick as they think it is, right? Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate it. Yeah, a little 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 criticism sandwich there. Should Black History Month be taught as a separate unit or as American history? Uh, Morgan Freeman famously told Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes he doesn't want Black History Month. He wants every month to just be American History Month. Um, a podcaster named Sonny Johnson was really, really angry about uh, the way we teach black history. She says we teach American history as if it was lily white. So with all that being said, how did you vote on this question? 100% of all our votes said teach it together. So, New question tomorrow. We get started at 4. You can always find the JR poll at KTSA.com, excuse me, and you can always find whole podcast episodes of this show there as well. So if this time of day is hard for you to listen or you miss parts of the show, you're in and out of the car or something or off the phone, just on demand whenever you want. Listen to them on the weekends or mornings. Go to KTSA.com, pull down the on-demand menu, or find the Jack Riccardi Show on KTSA anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, we were talking about uh, things you often say but don't usually mean when you say them. Uh, Patrick is on the radio. Hi, Patrick. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, Patrick. How are you? Uh, could be better. Could be a whole lot worse. That sounds like an honest answer. All right. However, my deal is uh, what we usually say to each other may not really mean. I'm doing all right. I've got nothing to complain about. Yes. Oh, that's a good right there. Nothing to complain. Everybody has something to complain about, right? Yes, you may not want to because you're trying to be polite, right? But everyone has something to complain about. And and deep down, when people ask us how we're doing, ninety nine percent of them they don't want to know. They're not going to stand there and listen to you tell them, right? They don't want the report. No. So yeah, I, that, we could just people we could are just save so animals. much time if we just stopped asking that question. Well, people are social animals, and to be social, you end up you should actually yeah. be polite because if you're rude, you're well, you get more hate. True, true. But I mean, maybe instead of asking people how are you, we should just do like a fist bump or a you know. Or a handshake or something, because it really is. It's a question people don't want the answer to. And, like, you you made a good point. A lot of times we don't feel like answering it. You know, you may be having the kind of day where it's not helpful to you to get it off your chest or talk about it. You know, you're dealing with something, 
You don't want to. You don't want to say how you're doing. So I, I, I get that. That's a good point. All right, we're going to wrap this up with Jill right now on KTSa. Jill, what is something you often say but don't always mean? Hi, Jack. Yeah, a lot of people will say, "Hi there, how are you today?" Yeah. And a lot of times, do people really, really care? Because it's just it's something to say, right? How they, how they feel. Oh. Yeah, kind of like what this guy Patrick was saying. People are going to really want to hear it, but then they ask you, "How are you doing?" Do they really care how you're doing? Yeah. How could we, is there some way we could just get rid of that? Yeah, I know. Maybe we could, maybe we could come up with a new catchphrase. Yes, that would be a good thing. I know. Trying to think of a good catchphrase. (laughs) If you think of one, call us tomorrow. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Jill. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Thanks to everybody. These were great. Uh, they, they got, they, in fact, I felt like they were getting better as we, as we went along, which was really cool. Um, I, I gotta mention this really quickly, and I'm not trying to get you to look at it, but if you look at it, uh, just tell me what you think. I, I had posted a throwback Thursday picture of this, uh, radio job I had in 1988. It, it was a, it was a picture taken by the record company, is what it was. And it's, it's me and my boss, the program director, who I'm still in touch with, is a great guy, he's retired now. And in the middle is this British singer that we had in the radio station that day. But, but the, the, when I posted the picture, and I have so few from my early youthful years, I hated to do it because the shirt is so geeky. It's the nerdiest. It's a purple plaid short sleeve button down shirt. You can't get, that checks all the boxes, you know? That's like the kind of shirt that would get you, like, beat up. But believe it or not, and, and I have to say thank you to the people that pointed this out in the comments, as much as I hate the shirt now, it actually was in, in 1988. Not that I was looking great, because I'm not, and I know I'm not, but that shirt was not as out there as it would appear to be now. And people have been... Fairly kind in the comments, I have to say. You, you, you're being kinder to me than I would be to myself. I'll say that. But you can check it out on the Facebook page. And we'll see you back here live tomorrow or on demand at KTSA.com. Yeah, 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 yeah.